Welcome back to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast, where we talk about all aspects of homeschooling so that you can homeschool with confidence and joy. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a question I've heard from multiple homeschool parents, and they have asked, how do I teach multiple ages at the same time? This is a question I hear frequently from parents enrolled in the homeschool roadmap as they are trying to plan their lessons and set out their weekly schedule. And they just ask, what do I do when I have multiple kids who need my attention at the same time? So today, if you have had that question, this episode is for you. Now, we're going to focus on what to do when you have multiple school-aged children. Next week, we'll talk about how you can meet the needs of your school-aged child as well as his younger siblings. So let's start off by going back in time. I want you to think about what a schoolroom looked like when they were one-room schoolhouses back in the prairie days or in the colonial days when there was one teacher and many children. Well, that teacher had to plan what each group of children was going to do at any given time and had to train them to what to do when they could not get her attention. That is how I have tried to run our homeschool. I've thought about having that one room schoolhouse. And so let's talk about what you need to put in place in order to make that happen. So first of all, combine as much as you possibly can. I know some curriculums are designed to be grade level. So you buy one curriculum for your first grader, another curriculum for your third grader, and a different curriculum for your fifth grader. Well, Whenever we were first starting out, the thought of doing that just sent me over the edge. There was no way that I wanted to spend that much time for each child's learning. Now, it makes a lot more sense in the middle school and high school grades when they are able to work much more independently and they have specific needs in terms of what they need to learn, what they need to accomplish. But it's a little easier because they are able to work independently. When you have particularly elementary age children who need a lot more of your involvement, having them all in individual subjects and individual grade level curriculums can be a real challenge. Now, that is not to say you can't do that. If that is very appealing to you to have your children all in their own level and it's working great for you, by all means, continue it. But for me, that thought was just way too overwhelming. So I combined everything that I could. And to give you an example of what that looked like, where they pretty much only did math and copy work independently when they were young. So I'm talking about elementary grades before we got to middle school. And we did history together and science and nature study, our read-alouds, anything Uh, for our fine arts like composer study, picture study, uh, poetry, Shakespeare, all of that was done together. If you have children doing instrument practice, such as piano or some other instrument, obviously that would be independent work also. But as much as possible, I did together. When you're planning the individual subjects, such as math and copy work, maybe your music study, 
I found it was helpful to get the youngest one started on her work first. So while my older one knew what to do for her copy work or any other independent work she needed to do, she would get started and I would help my youngest with her math and then help her know what to do for her copy work. You could also have your older ones helping your younger ones. There might be times that your older children are actually assigned as part of their schoolwork to help a younger student. And that would be a great way to make this happen. Also, you could have them read to a younger one. There were several years I wanted my older daughter to develop the skill and ability to read aloud. And my younger daughter was not reading independently at the time. So it worked really well for me to have a time assigned in our school day for my older daughter to read a literature book aloud to my younger one. And I, I pretty much allowed them to choose whatever they wanted. There, there were some parameters. I had to approve it. But I mean, books like Little House on the Prairie and books that were an easy read for my older daughter that my younger one had not read or been read to yet, but allowed my daughter to develop the skill of reading aloud. So you could find ways that you could incorporate that. Let's dive in a little bit to what it might look like to have your children covering the same subjects at the same time. So for example, if you were planning history, you could plan everybody to be in the same time period. That's what we did for all of elementary school and much of middle school. And when you do that, choose one book that you can read aloud together. Early on, I would read a picture book aloud to everybody. And then my older daughter would have an independent reading. Usually she would read a biography about somebody in that time period that we were studying. So that was some of her independent work. She would have additional readings above and beyond what we were reading together. My younger daughter and I might read another picture book, or we might just call it good for her because I was just wanting to give her that exposure to the subject. If you're planning science, you could do nature study with everybody. Everybody can go out at the same time. You can talk about the, uh, the same nature concepts that you're studying. They can draw the, whatever they're finding. If you're wanting to do something different with science, there are many ways that you could do science experiments together. You could read some living science books together. There's lots of ways that you could bring everybody together and they could then do narrations that are age appropriate. So when I am uh, having multiple ages narrate together, I always, always start with the youngest because it's hard. It's a hard skill. And we need to start with the youngest so that they have the easiest time. Now, your older ones will probably get frustrated by that at some point. I know my older daughter would sometimes look at me and say, well, she said everything. I don't know what else to say. And I would have to encourage her to think beyond the facts that she had heard. And I would say, well, what do you think about this? Or what does this remind you of something else that you've read or that you've learned? Or what are some of the main ideas, the main points that the author wants you to remember? I had to encourage her and help her move to that next level and pull her beyond where she was whenever she got stuck. You could also have your children 
do a project-based narration so that they are demonstrating what they have learned. And this would be one way that you could allow them to do some independent work and um, create their own project based on what you've read in history or science or a read aloud. Now, a lot of times parents will tell me, okay, we've set out our weekly schedule. I've made sure that I'm not supposed to be in two places at the same time. And I'm helping one with math while the other one's doing an independent reading. And then they come back and say, but one gets done before the other and they need my attention. What do I do? Well, when that happens, I found it helpful to have independent learner toolkits that they can work on while they're waiting for me. You'll have to train your children how to use the independent learner toolkits. And this is a really great way to start transferring some of that responsibility for your child's education over to your child. But you will need to train them. So there are a number of ways that you could implement this. Let me give you some ideas of what we've done. You could have a basket that has activities, like school appropriate activities are only to be done during school time, but that your child could go pull one of those activities at any time that they are waiting for you so that they are still doing something constructive, productive, and not causing a distraction. Or you could have some agreed upon activities and just talk to your children about what it is they could do. The way that you implement this is going to look different depending on the age of your child and where your child is in that ability to assume responsibility for themselves. So some examples of what you could include would be map drill. You could have some fun uh, puzzles or you could have some blank maps printed out that they can work on their map drill. If you're working on formal map drill, that would be another independent activity that they could do. We also use two apps for map drill. One is called Stack the States and the other one is Satera. And my children knew that if they got stuck waiting for me, they could always go work on those. You might also use something such as the learning wrap-ups. I've seen them for the math facts as well as state capitals, and I'm pretty sure they have a few others as well. So you could just have those in a basket that they could go work on those. You could have some picture books identified. Maybe you want to request books from the library about a particular topic or the nature topic that you're studying, or maybe you want to explore a specific author. We've gone through times where we would request a large number of books by one author and have those picture books in a basket that my children could go look at whenever they needed something independent to do. Dot-to-dot uh, -dot books would be another great activity. You could have some Dover coloring books related to your current subject. We've had them related to colonial days, related to our bird nature study. They have a lot of options that you could find something related to what you're learning. So they are be getting that reinforcement about the subjects that you're learning, but they're still doing something quiet while they're waiting for you. 
You might have some sort of math game or puzzle. We've used Grids for Kids for this purpose. It's a great resource that you can print out the grids and they can work independently on those. There are a number of other great math games and math puzzles that you can use to um, to allow your children to do something independently. And I'll leave a link for a few of these in the show notes so that you can see the ones that we've used and that we've loved. You might also have some other math drill activities that they could do, such as some dice or some math dice and let them work on their math facts. There's a number of other games and activities that you could implement for math drill. And if you just search Pinterest, you'll find all sorts of ideas for that so that you could just have those kind of assembled and ready for them. Now, puzzles, just plain old puzzles, would be another great activity. That would work on their visual discrimination skills. Uh, We have some puzzles that are maps of various continents. You can find them for just us, like the United States or a specific continent. And that would allow your children to work on some geography skills while they're putting these puzzles together. We've already mentioned copywork. That would be another great option. You could also have a poetry book that they could read. A.A. Milne is a great one that we've really enjoyed. And there are some other great poetry resources for children. Many of them come in picture book form and they would just be an enjoyable way for them to read a little bit and have something that they wouldn't get so engrossed in that you can't pull them back whenever you're ready to work with them. You could have nature field guides so they can look at the trees or the birds of your area. You might find something about pine cones or butterflies. There are so many field guides that are engaging for children that you could include into a book. You could also include a book called One Small Square. He has it for just your backyard, for the seaside, for various nature environments that they could look through. Or the Crinkle Root Almanac is another great picture book where, similar idea, he talks about various aspects of nature so your children could flip through that. There's the bumper book of nature that would also serve that purpose. So there are many ways that you could have some educational books in that independent learner toolkit. And finally, just have some drawing supplies, crayons, colored pencils, markers, paper. You could have higher quality products if your children are a little bit older and uh, you are able to handle that. Just make it something that's not going to require a lot of cleanup so they could stop in the middle of what they're doing when you're ready to work with them. And then they could come back to it later in the afternoon if they want. There are so many things that you could put in the independent learner toolkits when you think about your children and their individual interests and their ages. These are just some ideas to get you started and, and get those creative juices flowing. Think about things your children could do, activities that would keep them occupied, that would be quiet, that would not have them moving around a lot and being a distraction. Because what you're trying to accomplish is them not distracting the child that you're working with so that you can finish what you need to do to be able to then shift over and help them. Depending on your children, you may want to have some sort of signal set up for them. You could 
have these activities in a particular area so that you know when you see them over there that when you get to a stopping point with the child you're working with that your other child needs some attention and some help or you could have something set up where they could put up a little sign that you've made or something to let you know just some way for you to know that they are no longer working independently and that they need your help because they're stuck so really working with multiple ages at the same time comes down to a few key concepts one is to combine as much work as possible so that you have as few of subjects as possible that they are working on independently Secondly, when you are working with them independently, start with the youngest and then move on to your older ones. And finally, train them what to do when they are stuck. Have activities, have these independent learner toolkits available to them so that they can wait patiently for you without distracting the child that you're currently working with. I hope these tips have been helpful for you in thinking about how you can teach multiple ages at the same time. We'll be back next week to talk about how you can meet the needs of your school-age child and his younger siblings. Until next time, have a triumphant day.